Is there ever a season where we can say, I'm going to put God on the back burner because I just need to focus on the priority right now? And I think we all know the Sunday school answer. Well, of course not. We never put God on the back burner. But yet, if you have been a mom for just a few weeks, I am sure you can relate with what Emily shared with us. What if you have no spare time? What if I'm just living moment to moment, trying to do what I need to do? Does God understand or does he hold me to make time no matter what? I know he knows my heart, but does he expect more than I believe I can give? I struggle with this daily. Welcome back to Parenting to Impress, your go-to podcast to learn practical ways to love God and love others and impress this on the hearts of your children. I am your host, Heidi Franz, and I am joined by my dear friend, Melanie Simpson, two moms who have made a lot of mistakes, but have found grace and truth along the way. Melanie, can you relate to this question? Yes, I definitely can relate to this, Heidi. There are seasons, particularly with small children, where sleep is hard to come by. There are seasons when you have teenagers where sleep is hard to come by. We've shared this in the podcast before. Seasons where other things have happened. You've lost a loved one or you have illness. It definitely can be a challenge. Question is, what do we do with God during those challenging times? Right. And I think it's easy to understand Emily's question because God can feel sort of elusive, whereas the immediate need of my infant Mm -hmm. is an immediate need of my infant and screaming will ensue. It's easy just to forget about him. Yes. And I think that idea of I can always come back to God. Right. When things slow down, then I'll put God as a priority again. Yeah. We rely on his grace and love to never leave us nor forsake us, which Mm -hmm. is 100% true true. Mm -hmm. So we have to kind of unwind, unravel the lie that I think we are tempted to believe, which is that it doesn't matter. Yeah. So let's break this down. I think the social norm right now is God understands. And I think there's two sides to it. So let's talk about the truth of God understands. Okay. He does. He absolutely understands. He is sovereign over your life. He knows your circumstances. He knows exactly what's happening under your under your roof and with your children, with your family. He knows your heart. You know, he knows our motives and our thoughts before we even think them. So he is eternally omniscient and omnipotent. And that just simply means he knows all and he is in control of everything. Mm -hmm. Isaiah 40 verse 11 said he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Mm. I think there is so much peace in knowing. He specifically talks about these, in, in this case, it's the sheep, the lambs, but he specifically careful about those mamas. He understands it's hard. Yeah. And the Psalms are filled with verses about being um, under the protection of wings and you know, hiding in the pinions of wings and, you know, and finding God as a hiding place and a shelter. And so there is evidence in the scriptures that he is where we find our rest and that warm embrace, like you said, of a mother, you know, you want to crawl up in your mom's lap right. and just rest. Right. And he understands yes. that. But I think on the flip side is the abuse of that. It becomes an excuse instead of it being just a fact. 
Yeah. Can I say that? What do they say? It's two sides of the same coin. Right. God is sovereign, which means he knows your circumstances. He knows the intimate details. But the other part of that is that we are not passive recipients of faith. Once you have become a believer, you're called to participate, to be a co-laborer, and you're not relinquished of that responsibility, even in difficult circumstances. That's right. We think about Romans, where it talks about we do not take grace for granted. We do not abuse that grace that God has given us. Yes, he understands our circumstances, but we don't use our circumstances as an excuse. Right. And, you know, I think about this in a situation where a child has special needs. That child does need extra, but it's not an excuse for them not to do what they're supposed to do. Right. And it's the same way. We do need extra help. We need extra grace in the years of parenting, but we don't use that as an excuse. Right. Okay. So if this is not an excuse and this is something that we truly do need to make God a priority, why? Oh, that's a great question. Once you have come under the conviction of sin and you know that Jesus is the only way to move forward, Jesus is the only one who can save us from that sin, you enter into a beautiful family of God, right? Mm -hmm. You are adopted into that family. And with that comes the understanding that I'm no longer a victim of my circumstances Mm -hmm. and my whole being has changed. I mean, that's why we call it a rebirth. I mean, that's why you're baptized to demonstrate rebirth. You are a a new creation in Christ. Well, that affects your mind, your body, your spirit. And that means that you now have the privilege of approaching the throne of God. You get to talk to God. You get to learn about him. And I think that it's easy to forget that we have this awesome privilege to to open a Bible and to get to know the creator of the universe, to, you know, to understand more about who he is. And then in that, understand what we are called to do. Uh, yes, exactly. And I think you hit that so well. I think one of the biggest struggles in motherhood is losing our true purpose. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to see the little ones on the floor in front of you as your purpose. You know, you're making meals, you're changing diapers, you're driving them to this and that, you're caring for them in the middle of the night, and it becomes your identity. And that's all you know when God says, "Mm -mm, your children are not your purpose. Motherhood is not your purpose. Your purpose is to bring me glory. Now, out of that purpose, you do care for your children and you do love them and you care for your husband as well, but it's not your reason for existing. Right, right. I mean, when we think about how we are to be image bearers and reflect God's glory, you're right. The expressions of that are serving our families, loving the nitty gritty diapers Mm -hmm. and meals and dishes. Oh my. But (laughs) if we focus on that, and I think this kind of is maybe what Emily's hinting at is we're drained, right? There is no life giving abundant, flourishing life. When we focus on the tasks and we forget about the one capital O N E who empowers and equips us to do these tasks with a kingdom minded purpose. Oh yeah. I love that with a kingdom minded purpose. It changes everything, Mm -hmm. but 
if our purpose is truly a relationship with God, then our behavior during the day, our choices with our time have got to change. Right. So really the next step then is let's get practical. Let's put some skin on this because we're not trying to be dismissive of the exhaustion and the fatigue that comes with these mm-hmm. seasons. That is not what we're trying to say at all. Mm-hmm. And we're not being flippant and saying, oh, just you know, put on your big girl panties and make mm-hmm. a way because that's not biblical either. Mm-hmm. So what's the first step, Heidi? I think the first step is to figure out exactly how you're spending your time. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in high school and I felt so overwhelmed with high school. I was taking college classes. I was working. I was doing all these things. And I was just, and I told my cousin, I don't have time to do this. And she looked at me and she said, you have the same 24 hours that everybody else does. It's how you use that time. And I've never forgotten that because it's absolutely true. We all have the same 24 hours. It's how we choose to spend those 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And you can say, well, all I do is just serve my kids. Then we need to step back and go, okay, are we serving in ways that we're enabling? Or are we serving in ways that we're training? Mm -hmm. There's two different things there. Enabling means we're doing for the kids that they can do for themselves. Serving and training means that we are working ourselves out of a job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think hand in hand with that is once you've done kind of that time edit, so to speak, um, maybe you truly are, you know, from sunup to sundown. um, And then even in the middle of the night, you are just all hands on deck with children. Mm -hmm. And that may very well be the case. Heidi, you talked about, you know, children with special needs, or maybe you have just a house full of kids and very little outside help. That's fine. But I think the other lie that we need to refute is that time for God has to be this very specific thing. It has to be an hour with your coffee and your favorite chair. The Instagram picture. Right, right. And so I think we do a disservice by using the term quiet to describe your time with God. Mm -hmm. And so once you've done your time edit and you are real with yourself. I am guilty of scrolling. I am guilty of trying to check out with a movie instead of making a better choice for me. Nothing wrong with watching movies. So once you've done that, then kind of get real with yourself. How can I have time with God, prayer, Bible reading in the confines of my life? Right. It's not going to look the same for every person. And the idea that quiet time needs to be on the back porch with the stream running through and your coffee and your cream is shaped in a heart. You know what I mean? I do. And I'm like, that sounds really good. (laughs) It does. We all want that. But that is not a reality. At least it's not a reality of mine. How many times do you have interruptions? And I have trained my kids. And even in the training, there are still interruptions. Yes. Talking to my kids and saying, you see my quiet time journal is open. I need you to turn around and I need you to go fix the problem. Yeah. I'll be with you shortly. Absolutely. but, But for now... Take care of this. This is my time with God. Yeah. Honestly, we become kind of this joke mm-hmm. around here. Do you want me to help you or do you want me to spend time with God? <laughs> <laughs> because we all know which one's going to be better for us later in that the day. exactly what yeah, I Yeah, and it thinking. just comes back to this idea that obedience and trust that God's good for us, which we know is spending time with Him, mm-hmm. 
it's good regardless of our circumstances. Mm. And that's where faith comes in. Like, do you trust that God is mm-hmm. going to be faithful in this moment because of my obedience? And it's just this beautiful cycle, right? right. You know, when I'm obedient to God to spend time with him, it's Hebrews eleven six, And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Hmm. So having an earnest heart to seek right. him will always be a blessing to the Lord and to ourselves in turn. There is conviction and there is condemnation. Conviction is I am watching a movie when I haven't had my quiet time. I need to pause this and I need to go spend time with God or I'm scrolling on Instagram, whatever it is, reading a book, it, it can be a, a slew of things. And it can be good things. Yes. That's the hard part too is, you know, when you look at your schedule and you're thinking, but these are all good things. Okay. So what about doing the dishes? There were seasons where I had my time with the Lord in the carpool lane. My time with the Lord was spent right before I went to bed at lunchtime at the dinner table. Again, the training aspect being able to train my mind to focus in the moment, but also training my children when I say five more minutes. I just need five more minutes. Mm -hmm. And then to be honest with your kids that you truly are going to do five minutes. Right. Because I think some of the issue is that we tell our kids an amount of time and what we train our kids to do is not trust us. Mm -hmm. That's a great and point. so then they keep coming back to us and keep coming back to us because they don't believe when we say we are almost done, we are almost right. done. Right. And I think there's also nothing wrong with putting our Bible down for five minutes to deal with the issue. Absolutely. Or to get our kiddos playing. Right. You know, to pull out that next set of blocks. I think that's what this verse is talking about. He's gentle with those who have young. God understands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when when potty training, that's that's one I always think of. When I had a little one come in and say, Mommy, I need to go potty and I have my Bible open, of course. I'm going to set my Bible down and I'm going to go do potty training and help them. It may be that then I come back to my Bible. It may be I take my Bible with me and I read my Bible, the scripture that I am working on for that time, and I read it with my child and I include my child in that time with God. Yes. Then we're training right. on a whole nother level. There are so many creative ways. You can choose several days a week. Just listen to the word of God. You can choose a couple of mornings a week or afternoons in the week to have a little basket for your toddlers. I mean, like This is a special time for us to read our Bibles together. There are just so many options. Going back to the original question, does God understand? And I think that the other part of this is does God expect more than I believe I can give? Hmm. I would say the answer to that question will always be yes. Right. And not because he is unkind or unloving or unjust or unmerciful, hmm. but because he is kind, he is just, he is loving, he is merciful. That's- and I think what, what Emily is saying right here. There is nothing that I read in her questions that shows me that she is flourishing, 
that she is joyful. Mm-hmm. And boy, there's no condemnation for me on that. No. I understand completely. But looking back on what God has taught me, I was lonely. I was exhausted, overwhelmed, hopeless. Mm-hmm. And that was because I was trying to parent in my own ability. Amen. And I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And scripture speak the idea of human fatigue, of weariness. Mm-hmm. But there are two kinds of weariness. There is the weariness that comes from just living life, doing the things, just persevering, but doing it in a way that is still God honoring, that seeks out the Lord. Then there's the weariness that I think is kind of what you were talking about is the hopelessness, Mm -hmm. the listlessness, the kind of like just flying wherever the wind carries you. That's not God's best for us. It's not what he desires for us. Right. You go to bed exhausted and quite frankly, you wake up exhausted. Yeah. I share in my ebook, A Quiet Time Worth the Time, that my husband one day said, God took Heidi to a place in her life where it wasn't an option anymore not to have a quiet time. I had to, to function and make it through the day. And while that was a very low spot in my life, there was so much joy. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was a lot of release. Mm-hmm. There was so much hope because I finally realized that God was going to get me through. God was going to supply. God was going to be my all. And I had to put him as my focus, not my four children. Yeah. I, I don't want this to to come across as, again, dismissive or just trying to tell somebody to buck up because that's not it at all. I think it's absolutely the opposite. Truly coming to a place where you realize I have nothing to give without acknowledging that I'm wholly dependent on the Lord. Absolutely. For me, it was the point where I hit bottom. Right. I finally let go. And as a Enneagram one, my fists are continually in this tight grasp, trying to control everything. And God took me to the point that he said, let Mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one more thing that I kind of want to hit on here is this issue for needs versus wants. We talked about it a few minutes ago, but I want to hit on it again, because I think as moms, that's our struggle. We see that our kids have needs, wants, desires, but we're torn with the issue that our relationship with God has needs. How do we balance that as moms? One of the things that I love was God revealed to me that I could worship him in the daily grind. Mm -hmm. When I was folding baby clothes, I was able to say, thank you, Lord, for these little onesies. Thank you for the healthy baby that goes in these onesies. Mm -hmm. I was able to be reminded that without Christ, I wouldn't have the gift of discipling these children, of parenting them with an eternal focus. So it was spirit-led that those things would come into my mind, certainly not things I was thinking of, because I was thinking about 
I'm exhausted. What are we going to have for dinner? It's a posture of surrender and humility and utter dependence on the Lord. It's also, honestly, it's a place where I modeled time and time again, asking for forgiveness. Because mm-hmm. in my home, in my household, fatigue led to crankiness, <laughs> anger, criticism. Right. I was very short-tempered. Sure. Man, I, I can't even count the number of times that I had to apologize to my kids. As I was listening to you talk about that, I think one of the things in this high media world is we rarely get silent. We always have a podcast going. We always have a CD or a movie or something is always going on in the background. And in order to hear the Holy Spirit, we must be silent. We must slow down. Mm -hmm. And so using those times of dishes, folding clothes, and to see the joy, to use that time to pray over our children. We have a digital download of 31 characteristics to pray over your children. We'll put in the show notes that you can use while you're doing these monotonous Mm -hmm. tasks and be able to pray. I think also talking about the needs and the wants is realizing that our purpose is to bring God glory. Mm. And out of our purpose, we are raising children who also understand their purpose of bringing God glory. And it's so easy as moms, because we desire to be needed, that we make our purpose to be needed instead of pointing our children to need God. And if we don't need God and don't spend time with him and show our need of him, our children are not going to need him. Instead, they're going to need us. Right. And we become their lowercase g God. That's exactly right. I mean, we make an idolatry out of motherhood and our children make an idol out of us. That is so wise, Heidi. I'm grateful that you pointed that out because it will plague you and then your children for the rest of their lives until they are hopefully able to break that cycle. But thing too is, you know, thinking about needs and wants, it is a gift that we give our children when we help them understand what is a true need mm-hmm. and what is something that can wait, that is a mm-hmm. want. Dependence on God, needing God, mm-hmm. often leads to the want of God. We, yeah. we are... It's contagious. Yes. It, you want more. It's addiction, it, addictive. It, it you is. You want more and more. So that is a beautiful transition that happens too as we're discipling our kids. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest things, because none of this is a blanket answer, right? I mean, you said this earlier, like every situation is different. We all have different temperaments, different personalities. Kids are different. They have different needs. Our home lives are different. But the constant is God. He never changes. Then it's me who has to change. (laughs) Asking God, invite God into that conversation of help me change, Lord. Help me see you as better than anything else in my life. Well, and I think, Melanie, as a mom, I made an excuse of not having time so I didn't have to deal with some issues. Right. I mean, because that would mean you'd have to change. Exactly. (laughs) And it's much easier to blame my situation, my season, than have to actually look at the dark spots of my Mm -hmm. life 
mm-hmm. where God's going, hey, Heidi, that needs to be sanded off. Yeah. You need to release that. Kind of telescoping back out. What are the things that we can do to help this situation beyond, obviously, praying, seeking the Lord? When we consider how we're using our time, maybe it's just making a change of like, I'm not going to listen to this popular radio station. Instead, I'm going to play hymns. Mm -hmm. Begin filling your home with the things that are going to help you (laughs) reach your goal. Um, if, If social media is a distraction offload it from your phone so that you have to keep putting it back on your phone every time you want to look at it. Close the TV cabinet, put a blanket over the TV. I think that is a prime example of if we truly desire to have time with God, we will make it happen. I can say that in my own life. When I get lazy and I go, oh, well, you know, I don't really have time this morning. It's not a priority. It doesn't happen. Melanie, we have some other podcasts talking about how to have a quiet time. We have podcasts about lies that we believe. And I'm going to put all of those in the show notes. So I encourage you to further this learning, Mm -hmm. further your understanding of this. I want to close with this verse. First Chronicles 1611, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Melanie, would you close us in prayer, please? Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, you love us so well. You shower us with your abundant grace. You let us um, live within the boundaries that are still marked with plenty and flourishing and abundant life. So, Father, we give you all the praise and glory for that. But, God, we come to you today just praying for the weary mamas the weary caregivers, Lord, would you speak to them so specifically that they might know that you are listening to them, that you do know their hearts, you do know their situations. But Lord, would you also remind them by your grace that you have something different for them. You have a life of joy and peace, a life that is sustained by your empowering love, by your equipping mercy. Father, we just give you all the praise and glory because you are the one who gives us a new life in Christ. We love you, Lord, and we pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. We want to thank you for listening to the Parenting to Impress podcast. Be sure to visit abcjesuslesbian.com and check out the show notes for more information on topics shared in this episode. Please subscribe and share with your friends.